The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go! You're wasting time! Welcome to Pot and Cast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is Jakey Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Frank. Welcome to Pottercast number 226, not 227. And what are we talking about today, Jay? Oh, 227. Well, we have, not 226, we have the return of the bit by bit, the triumphant, long gone uh, segment of where we take Deathly Hollows a little bit at a time. And uh, this is just the turning into the Deathly Hollows podcast because next after that we have the uh, final films forecast talking about Deathly Hollows, which we'll be doing a lot of until the film comes out. And not to, not to forget, of course, about uh, the Harry Potter news wrap to start the show, um, which is what we're about to do here now, right? The news? The news. The news. Let's, let's bump it to the news. <laughs> He's a wet. He's a wet. <laughs> well, what's happening in this week, uh, this two weeks in Harry Potter news, Mr. Joe? Two weeks. Um, well, two Daniel weeks. Radcliffe is, is going to be- begin the filming of his next project, uh, Woman in Black, on Sixth of September. Is he playing the woman in black? No, but I yes. first thought it was what? Nothing. I'm just making fun of John. I don't know. It could have been something different. Don't you think we would have talked about it before this? I've never heard <laughs> of this. So I, I don't even know. Apparently, he's playing somebody's son, oh. and it's based on it's an adaptation of a 1983 novel by Susan. Hill. Sorry, it's a funny statement. Apparently, he's playing somebody's son. Well, I mean, that's the role they were casting. For I know this. it's just funny because everybody's anyway. Good. You shut up. What that's do you good. know about this movie, <laughs> Melissa? Tell us what you know about Absolutely the lady in black. Nothing. Well, apparently, it's an adaptation of a 1983 novel by Susan Hill oh, of the same name. Why didn't you say so? But it, no, it's really cool. It's the screenplay by the same guy who did the screenplay for Kickass. So I'm kind of excited. Oh, cool! Oh, that's a cool. Movie. I didn't see that ever. Oh, that's a fun movie. It's a little ridiculous and really violent and kind of gory. And I don't really like gore very often, but it was done in a playful manner, as horrible as that sounds. But whatever. Well, yeah, what else is happening? Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> as far as Dan Radcliffe being ladies in black, it's interesting um, along with being uh, Joshua Herdman's birthday. Oh, uh, that? On is that, is that, that it's crab or goyle? I always no, get goyle. them mixed up. Goyle, it's goyle. goyle. It's goyle. It was also someone else's birthday this week. Oh, not me. Oh. oh. No, it's oh. Big Harry Potter news this is. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's enormous Harry Potter news. Well, it was just, you know, birthdays are fun. Everybody. Rupert Grin had a birthday recently. Roops. August 24th, same day as somebody else's birthday. What? <laughs> just kidding. Okay, happy Shane. birthday to you both on Pottercast. Yay, Brandy gets his call out to High five. Yeah, I sent you guys. Uh, I sent you guys a fun gift, and then something went crazy with the wacky website I ordered it from, and it got returned to me today. So oh, I got a really, oh man! I got a really cool gift for you guys, but I can't talk about it here because they're all listening. Uh, oh no! Tease. Maybe we'll put it on the video on the next podcast, so everyone can see what you're talking about. Um, there ever. Probably one of the most exciting bits of. Well, I can't. I don't know which one I'm going to make first. Which should we make oh, first? Oh, just just flip a coin in your head. Okay, I flipped it. Okay, um, this will go second. Well, this won't be the last one just because we've seen okay. like the teaser trailers for the entire 
like both films, but we're going to get a trailer for the actual part one trailer uh, for Deathly Hallows part one in September. In September, yeah. So uh, uh, that's going to be kind of cool because we've seen the it's whole. About time. It is about time. We forget. Like I, I need to remind myself when I watch the trailer not to be too excited to see the dragon and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, wait, yeah. that's going to happen in the next movie. So I calm down, Frankie. I probably won't even see Hogwarts very much in this first one. I'd imagine. Unless they kind of shake it up. I feel like they've no, really, like, I mean, maybe. They really kind of set themselves up for like potentially disappointing like a lot of people because they're going to be wondering, like, why is the big fight scene? Where's the fire? All your posters are talking about the castle catching on fire and all this. And like, mm. we're not going to see uh, any of it. They can play it. I think people have, soon, have astonishing capacity and can grasp the, the, the concept of two parts. Yeah. Oh, well, don't. I mean, I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so is there going to be any big action in the first half of this movie? Are you kidding? They're always running from snatchers. It's what they said it was like going to be like a road movie, like a, like a you know on the road again. Fugitives, no, fugitives really on the run weird. kind of thing. You have the Ministry in this part. Ministry. Um, you have Malfoy Manor in this part. You have the Seven uh, Potters. I oh the Seven part. Potters. That's going to be powerful on screen. That is, that that chapter was made to be on screen. You know what I mean. Um, and the movie comes out in like seventy days. This is just weird. Ridiculous. I feel like it's just creeping up. On what are we gonna do after July? It's gonna be so sad when July's done. What are we? What do you guys want to do after July? Well, we'll see. What the? We'll talk about the movie until we die. Until we die. And well, I guess that instead of bit by bit, time. we'll do frame by frame oh, and talk about frame each frame. frame. Oh we'll talk about God. each frame of the Deathly Hallows, oh. and we might actually finish them all at the same time. We're gonna need like yeah. our kids to pick up the show where we left off. Oh, it'll be like on the platform. Oh, the oh. epilogue. Oh, epilogue. We'll have our own little epilogue. Ah. Oh. Anyway, um, okay. And the last little bit of news. This is so fun. Oprah! Uh, <laughs> I want to be on Oprah. Tell us about this, Frankie. What's going on here? Well, apparently she wants Harry Potter fans to come on the show. Right. right. So I don't know if this means she's doing a show for November or if she's doing a show for July. Yeah, um, I don't know when this sh- when it's going to air, but it's talking about, it seems right just down the, like, the fandom's alley. It's just talking, like, the, yeah. um, it's asking about, like, why Harry Potter inspired them and their family and stuff. So it's like, Aww. it's such a awesome platform for just to talk about what you know what harry potter's done for people and like yeah. and we get we and get we that really want to do slack on it I we really do do we do slack would be great on oprah i mean like uh, send awesome. her, like videos of him talking and, well like, and the whole fact like with the charity and everything like that honestly there is yeah. he has a story to be like to be did, heard i did i did submit something about the hpa so oh, hopefully if we all keep doing that um yeah, have um, have JK. We should have JK Rowling do that. Sure. Oh yeah, Joe. Yeah. I'll send her an owl. Sure. I'm sure that's what she wants to do. It's a pretty sound. Right no, no, not go to Oprah. Just tell Oprah to put Andrew on. Why wouldn't she be on Oprah? I mean, like that'd be an amazing episode. It would be amazing. She said no to her in the past. Oh, it would be amazing. She was so busy writing the books, it just never well, worked yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, maybe Oprah should send another invite now. She's not right. I. It, the question in there was, what would you ask J.K. Rowling if you could? You don't think she's already sent her an invite? Mm. <laughs> oh, maybe. Oh, yeah. she's going to be there. Oh, that'd be so cool. Oh, I want to go be in the audience. I want to be on the come on podcast on and we said, what would you ask J.K. Rowling if you could on the, on, on the page? That's a good point. You are seeing I have right a feeling. It. You are seeing Yeah, Oprah, right you are like translucent. 
you are translucent. <laughs> she is opaque as Nelly Headless Nick. Yes, I couldn't think of anything. No, opaque, opaque is the other side. I know, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. Bye, uh, Obviously, like we'll talk about it again after this tapes or after Oprah tapes. But if you happen to be one of the lucky people to be there, we want uh, you after. We want you on our show too. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna book you after she books you. If you oh, can be on, we're gonna like, take Oprah second. Forget Oprah. Forget you're it. gonna be on Pottercast. Yeah, come on. This is so, a show that counts. I mean, you, like, you can well, practice. Check your own first. Yeah, this is the show exactly. That That's a very good watch. point, Melissa. You can practice around Oprah. Yeah. Just to be ready for you know your interview on Pottercast. Yeah, right. totally. I mean, what the hell? All right. All right, just saying. We're just saying. We're just saying. We're just, just saying. saying. All right, shall we? Boop. Shall we do something scary, you guys? Yes, something scary only because it's been so long since we've done it. What is it? And a bit it's by such bit. An obscure chapter that I'm, I'm wondering how much you're going to remember of it. But what it is, is the chapter? I bet I remember. By bit. Tossed on the news. Shell Cottage, Chapter Twenty Five. Bill and Fleur's cottage stood alone in a cliff overlooking the sea its walls embedded with shells whitewashed. It was a lonely, beautiful place. Wherever Harry went inside the tiny cottage or its garden, he could hear the constant ebb of flow and the sea, like the breathing of some great slumbering creature. He spent the next few days making excuses to escape the crowded cottage, craving the cliff-top view of an open sky, wide, empty sea, and the feel of cold, salty wind in his face. Beautifully describing the cottage. Mm-hmm. They they get to Shell Cottage. They have the funeral. He talks to um to Griphook because he's decided to go after the Horcruxes, and then he has the the splitting vision um, because Voldemort's about to get the Elder Wand. That's right. That's that's what the chapter I guess is called, the Wand Maker. And then he t- he opens this chapter talking about he can't, how he can't believe that he didn't race Voldemort to the Wand. Yeah. Like, he's spending a lot of time contemplating and thinking about his mission and what Dumbledore really wanted him to do and what he should be doing. And and I think this is part of, you know, the point in time where he's really wondering, you know, should I be hunting down Horcruxes or Hallows? This is the fork in the road that the the story talks about. Like, the the whole book was leading up to the fact of, it's called, the book is called The Deathly Hallows, but Dumbledore had him set up for hunting for Horcruxes. And this is when he decides that he's going to go for the Horcruxes before the Hallows. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he's still so confused right now because, like, he, like, they still don't know for sure whether or not Dumbledore is even dead, which is hilarious to have to be in, like, you know, halfway through this book and for them to still be wondering that. But, you know, really. No, I know. And Ron, and Ron keeps, Ron keeps saying these, and, you know, it's easy for us to read about these things and think that he's doing the right thing. But imagine you're in that situation and you're really, you're really lost and just, it highlights the enormity of how Harry has grown because you're really lost and torn. You have no idea if you've done the right thing. And Ron keeps putting out all these really plausible things like, what if Dumbledore wanted us to figure out about this so that you could get the wand first? Yeah. That's a completely valid and horrifying thought that you've just lost it. And now there's 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 no way Voldemort's going to win, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so this chapter is when... After that that discussion and that decision was made in the whole Wandmaker chapter because that's when he, he right. realizes I'm going to talk to Griphook first, then Ollivander, and then... He also has the dream in the Wandmaker about, not the dream, but the vision of, of Voldemort visiting, uh, what's his name, Grindelwald. Um, I wanted to uh, read oh, a thought. we we'll never get a talk off. Well, we can come back. Um, 
uh, we had a, a thought here from our listener named Lisa. Uh, her opinion is that uh, this chapter represents a true turning point for Harry. We see him evolve throughout the entire book, but you know, it's this chapter where he really becomes independent and starts taking you know, an independent role in determining his future as well as the future of pretty much the whole wizarding world. And uh, we'll see him here uh, later um, insist on speaking with Griphook and Ollivander, even though Fleur's all like, no, no, they are trying to get better. Leave them alone. That's my Fleur. Um, Harry. Harry, please leave Harry, them alone. please leave them alone. What you probably <laughs> So he pretty Just much kidding. is like, look, Hermione, Ron, you know, whoever, I don't care, you know, I know what's gonna what we have to do now, and he's determined it himself. And um, you know that is you know making the eventual decision to to take care of the Horcruxes. Um, but uh, thank you, Lisa, um, for that thought. Um, uh, pushing on further, uh, uh, as as Lisa mentions, Harry does uh, speak to to Griphook, um, and uh, Grip, Griphook makes a pretty big decision here uh, for him. Because originally well, he was all like, screw you, wizards. You guys are a bunch of jerks. Well, well does he? he? He Did he, he really manip- change that, that tune? They were manipulating each other both equally. You think so? Yeah. You think Harry knew that Griphook wasn't being totally, you know, honest with him and everything? I yes, think and they Harry trust wasn't being each totally other. honest with him either. I, I think they, can, they trust each other as much as a human and a goblin in that reality can, could trust each other. Hmm. Because no, I mean, out, but okay. There's a difference between what Harry was going to do, which was honor the promise eventually, even if not as as it sounded, and what Griphook did, which is steal it in the middle of the mission and scream intruders, and basically, according to him, he would have doomed the entire Wizarding World if if, if they had been caught, as long as he had his precious sword. Yeah. You know, it is pretty stupid different. about at first, sword that bad. I forgot that he yelled intruders. If it wasn't for the intruder mark, I'd be like, "Well, it was his sword. Was his? Sword. It's not his sword. I'm using quotes in well, his with, eyes. With their it logic, it's, a, it's and, his in, sword. in their culture, it, it was his. He's quite the jerk. well, super shady, not kind of. It's just amazing how self-involved they are. I mean, you don't you don't even worry. That especially your status after is going to they- get even worse. Especially after he was tortured at Malfoy Manor, understanding what it is for Voldemort to rule here. Think about Dobby. Yeah. He comes to Harry and says, "God, what it was like under the Dark Lord. I don't care if I have to like basically torture myself for the next few months. I need to stop you from getting harmed." Yeah. And and then the difference with Griphook. Like I've just been tortured at the hand of Beltrash Strange. I'm going to ruin the only chance to get out of this regime because I want a sword. I mean, I guess, I guess it's it's just their their way of thinking, their whole lives that like certain things are important and and wizards are not important. And it was really only him witnessing Harry taking care of Dobby, you know, a, another magical creature, in the way that he did with the grave that even turned him around even a little bit to yeah. think that he would help. So you know, it's like you you can't get him to come around completely to like our human way. Because of, at the same logic. time, without without Griffith's help. They wouldn't have got, been able to get into there and get that Horcrux. That's there's no doubt. About I it. don't know if that's 100 percent true. Uh, I mean, okay. yes, obviously they needed it. They needed, but how come Griphook didn't know about the thief's curse, about the waterfall thing? I mean, come he on, know. Been, no, they were all surprised by it. Well, was he, he like head security though? Like, was Griphook like in charge of knowing what, how everything Rip, down there worked? He knew enough to know what it was. Them. Griphook accompanied them to the vault holding the Philosopher's Stone. You don't think he had high security clearance? Oh, that's true. That's true. Well, maybe in those two years they've made some upgrades. 
<laughs> since the Philosopher's Stone incident. You know, it was six oh, years. If, if if someone stole the the Sorcerer's Stone out of my bank, I would put more security after that day. I want to talk, if you guys don't mind, about um, the baby. Why, I mean, why do you think Shell Cottage is Shell Cottage? What is it about the sea and the, the shells and hmm. the the look of it? Why is this chapter called Shell Cottage? You could have called it anything. Could have been about this one's called Shell Cottage. To this is the one the, the chapter that the most time elapses, right? I'm sorry, I like the answer that we got in the chat because it has shells on the roof. Like, thanks. <laughs> is that why it's called Shell Cottage because of the shells on the roof? Because it has shells. Why? Why do we? I mean, is there a significance to shells? I mean, it's funny because I never really think about books that way. I just figured. I mean, they they go to Shell Cottage because that's where Bill and Fleur were. It's like that's the <laughs> house that they live at. They happen. They happen to decide to buy a house. Uh, covered in seashells. Um, well, I mean, their house could have looked like anything. Why is it on yeah. a cliff? With dunes covered in shells. Maybe like is for for this region, for these countries or whatever. This would be what would be considered like a vacation spot or something. Like on the on the shore, on the water. Like that's I just. Think, I think. For, I mean, I'm talking about like daycare's choice. Yeah. You know, maybe it's just that it's 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 a safe haven. It's an oasis. It's just. A piece, a, a little, a little piece away from the crazy and the running that they have that they have been doing, and it's the only place in which Harry can can mature and come to and make the hard decisions that have to be made because it's literally devoid. And somebody said in the chat, I really like shell shells represent shelter, and it's the only real place he's found shelter. Where he's been able to like they've they've all besides Grimwald Place, they've been able to to sit and leave when they when they need to leave and not because they're being chased yeah oh look at this i look um the scallop shell the seashell especially the scallop shell is a symbol of baptism and is found frequently in baptismal uh, fountains the dish uh, used to the by priests to pour water over the heads of i can't pronounce that word in baptisms is often scallop shaped the scallop too is a symbol for the apostle james the 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 greeter this makes, uh, I guess it makes, it's not really a baptismal chapter, though, but it, it is, is him. though. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming to understand his mission, and he's coming to understand his place coming. in the world. I think that's a baptism of sorts. Yeah, yeah. And think okay. about all the time he does washing his hands while he's thinking This about is amazingly it. interesting. I never would have thought about any of this. Yeah, I never would have thought to pull that thread. I just figured, oh, it's shells because it's on the beach. Um, <laughs> it's just the more and more I look at these books, you start to really question her choices and why these specific choices, you know? And so like you anywhere it looks like anything. Well, let's see. Let me read something else. The scallop shell, um, the scallop shell symbolism is associated with the Apostle James. James the Greeter was the son of Zebedee, the fisherman of Galilee, and brother of John the Evangelist. He was among the circle of being closest to Jesus, bringing priests and their in and transformation in the Argonian Garden. And the same has been sleeping in Christ's prayer. The series of legends of dating the ages tells the missions of Spain are brutal. Um, a series of legends dating from the Middle Ages tells uh, of his mission to Spain and burial in Compostela, which pilgrims present their pilgrim passport. Ooh, if it's the pilgrimage, I, that makes much more sense to me. That he's wow. on, you know what I mean? The pilgrim passport yeah. duly stamped on each side with their halts along the way. Uh, the cathedral's pilgrim office apply for the, the Compostela. 
a traditional certificate of Latin confirming the, com- the completion of the pilgrimage. The origin of the scallop shell as the badge of the pilgrim to Compella is open more than uh, is open to more than one explanation. Found in abundance among the northern Spanish beaches, if so, it quickly took on a greater meaning even to the earliest pilgrims. The scallop design symbolizes the many European starting points from which the medieval pilgrims began their journey. Okay, you, yeah. Right. There's also the water coming in and out and, you know, washing away whatever recklessness they used to have. And, and yeah. Yeah, I can see, yeah, I can see the whole, especially we know JK, uh, JK's study in, you know, just mythology and just symbolism and whatnot and, in the past and everything, and a lot of just the, relig- the the religious symbolism found throughout the books, especially in this last book. Um, that makes a lot of sense why they would call Shell Cottage, Shell Cottage. And then I, I, for the chapter itself being called that, um, that this is the time, the, the most time elapses for the characters, I would imagine, yes? This is when they're planning and all that stuff, and they keep having the secret meetings in the room, and no one knows what's going on. They had to keep. They had to keep it secret from Floor and um, Bill. Correct. If you look at this chapter, I mean, he becomes such a man here. One of the most touching things in the books for me as a whole is when poor Ollivander, who's been tortured and, 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 and beaten, is like, is you know, is, is pleading with him, saying, "I'm, you know, the, the tools that that Voldemort has, you have no, you have no idea." And Ollivander says, and Harry just says, "I, I, I understand. I really do." And he just basically just, you know forgives him for giving up this crucial information and says, I, you know, I understand, I really do. Please get some rest. Harry's just so mature and and has grown into himself, has become the new Dumbledore, dispensing forgiveness, the new God figure. Wow. And, you know, it's just, yeah, he, he grows so much in this specific chapter that it's stunning. That, that one line, like, I understand, I really do. And yeah. there's nothing, you know, compassion, succinct, and he's, he's very mature about it. Yeah. He becomes the Harry that I love at the end of this chapter. And which, which another just kind of going with the whole notion of moving on and, and realizing that there's more to go is um, Lupin comes in and announces yeah. that he had his boy. And after they're falling out earlier in the book, when Harry... Oh my like, God, baptism! Yeah, the, the the Harry like really kind of just that's good timing for all of that. Of course, it's perfect timing because oh it's that that was like foreshadowing oh, of Harry growing up when he put Lupin in his place. Like, how dare you like take a child away, like his a father away from his um his child a child away from a father away from his child, blah blah blah. And then um he they got in an argument and they left and um uh he comes back and he asks um, Harry to be his godfather. And that okay, is okay. You want to talk about baptisms? Godfathers, yeah, exactly. It's you know, almost overt. Man, it. Well, it's over it's, now. It's, it's, now when you think about it's it, it's funny how much we actually take time to pull that thread. We're like, oh my gosh, duh. That's funny. Yeah, it's incredible. It's beautiful. How Harry and and why and why does this have to be the moment when he becomes a godfather? Because this is the moment where he's become a man. Yeah, yeah. Oh. One of our one of our listeners, Sam, says that. Uh, um. You know, to talk about that point with Lupin, um, as far as we know, Pettigrew never had any kids, and neither did Sirius. So, so now it's the only Marauders' uh, kids uh, would be Harry and and Teddy Lupin. Oh, that's right. And they're the only two to continue on this legacy. Both touched by war the most. I know it's so sad. I wish 
I get what what was done, and it's necessary. And as a, like just a literary device, it's just it's good to have that 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 echo of that tragedy, you know, with with again into another generation with um how ter- terrible that it is, but so sad, like little Teddy. Such a great chapter. And, uh, I'm glad you pulled that thread, Melissa. I would have never thought to look up why shell caught. Honestly, I just figured it's pretty in the, by the beach. Yeah. It's but really we should we we should know better by now. A lot of it's uh, handy. A lot of our listeners really believe that this is a really important chapter. Uh, Brian says that uh, in many ways this is the most important chapter in the series, both for the plot and for Harry's character. And Harry realizes that the Horcruxes are more important than the Hollows. That they allowed Voldemort to return and take away the most important people in his life. Mm-hmm. And Harry decides that um, he must confront Voldemort, even uh, and even if he had the Hallows, it would uh, be all for naught. And really, this chapter sets up Harry's choices for the final chapters. Well, it's it's so incongruent with a lot of his like headstrongness that propelled really the other no- six novels. Like we, you needed to have a character who was going to be like that, who would just jump in. And it's 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 a lot of his strength. But the fact that he was able to temper his strength to be even stronger here because like this took a chance to be more like no i've got to be more smart about this i'm going to be more um diligent about it and more intentional about it and he took the time to do that and like and this is a huge like god and now i mean to get really religious about it if dumbledore's god then harry's jesus Mm. and he's you know what i mean i mean i know that's the books are only lightly a Christian allegory, but but no, I mean it works very... in sentiment because it's he's he's going he's making a sacrifice. You know what I mean? He's not doing what he wants to do. He's not doing it with a compulsion. He's doing out of humility what Dumbledore was teaching him and encouraging. Yeah, him to don't do. you remember the? I mean, don't you remember? I know, Frank, you remember that the prayer in Gethsemane that you know not not let, you know let have let your will be done. The the yeah. not as I would have it done, but as you would have it done, as Dumbledore would have it done. He, it's the only time, almost not the only, but one of the very few times in the whole book that Harry like really talks directly to Dumbledore, as though he's going to get an answer if he does. So he's praying to him. Yeah. God, we're sounding like the pundits, guys. Uh, oh, that's a high compliment. I love the pundits. Love yeah. The pundits speaking too. of, um, I want to be a, a pundit. Coming. You know that? A book coming. Potter pundits have a book coming out. Ew! That's awesome. Buy it. <laughs> Um, the pundits uh, have recorded another episode for you guys that we're going to be putting on the feed shortly, um, probably near this episode. And um, we're going to um, occasionally bring um, one of them on uh, to do bit by bits with us just to make sure that we keep the bar high um, for content on the show. We should because this, talking about this kind of stuff, it, it's it's a little bit, uh, that's what we need to really do. We need to pull the thread and kind of look under the hood a little bit more when it comes to these I chapters. Like, I like this. We basically just covered a chapter, and I like this a lot more than the, than the bits we've been doing. I do, too. It's, this is a lot more Canon's conundrum-ish, you know yeah, what I mean? I because think, we're looking at the, the motive behind it. Yeah, I think I think people have been have been asking for this anyhow. I mean, no one needs us to remind them what the hell happened in a chapter, yeah. like play-by-play. Play. Like, that's <laughs> stupid. There's no value in that. Until so. we get to shot-by-shot. Ah, uh, frame by frame, frame by frame. Incredible. Honest, when we get to the battle, we're going to have to take several weeks to talk about oh, yeah. the battle. Yeah, totally. Not much happened besides a lot of planning in this chapter. So, yeah, yeah honestly, like yeah. even though this is probably it's a relatively short chapter. This is well, not short. Well, I guess short in length. I don't know. I need I need to look at the numbers, but um, very significant chapter. Very significant. 
Well, uh, I think we have pretty much covered everything. There's a couple bits in here that aren't quite as as deep. Um, just a, a little bit of uh, talking with Luna and seeing a, a glimpse into her relationship oh, with Oliver. Is this when she gets her wand from him? Which is really sweet. Um, when he makes that wand for her, right? Because then Dean Thomas is all kind of like, oh, I don't have a wand. But this is cool because instead of like having a wand, I just really like this concept. Instead of her, like a wand choosing her, he made a wand for her. Yeah, that had to be a pretty good wand, huh? That's yeah, really I mean, cool. it was a custom-designed wand. Hello, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like Kill Bill when that guy makes her the sword. Yes. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, no, but imagine Ollivander custom making you a wand. See, that's why if I was in the Wizarding World, I'd want to be a wand maker. Oh. 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 I think, <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> I think it could happen. It could happen. Who knows? All right, well, that is pretty much really the, end cool. of, the end of this chapter here. Oh, we're going to pick it up next time with the chapter 26 on Gringotts. That's not Warwick Davis, is it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he plays Griffin. Okay. And I thought I thought uh, the guy who played Minnie Me was Griphook originally. In the, no, in the first played, film. He played, uh, what was the name of the other guy? They, they got rid of his part, they gave it to somebody, they gave it a war. No, in the first. He was fucking one. Okay, he, he was. was. <laughs> he was. He just got his parts wiped by Warwick. But he's not, he's not British. He come up, and, yeah, it's true, yeah. No fair. He and uh, Chris Columbus' daughter. I gotta, daughter. I love, in this picture, um, Bellatrix, it's, it's Helena Bottom Carter doing and Emma Watson's face. It is. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> That's amazing. awesome. It looks like Emma Watson and not Bella. It's amazing. Well, who? I mean, this is Emma, isn't it? Or is this? No, no. It's Helena Bonham Carter had to act like Emma. That must have her. been a hilarious uh, bit of acting yeah, to do for really her. Fun. But that is for next week. Ringgott's chapter twenty-six. Um, if you want to uh, give us your two cents on chapter twenty-six, something you want us to touch on. Um, make sure to check out Pottercast.com for the upcoming episode section for, for episode 227 is where you will be talking about this one. So uh, let's push on here um, uh, to do a final films forecast here a little bit on episode 226. Um, uh, Melissa, if you have the chat open, would you like to select a couple questions for sure, us? Sure, hit us with your questions, but it's going to take a second because there is some lag. What you doodle and doodle? Lips. Lips. Yeah, what's 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 the doodle that's happened? No, nothing fancy. Here's here's uh, Dumbledore. Oh, he's all covered in blood. No, he's not. It's red pencils. <laughs> um, where did Dementors originate from? Hey, that's a fun question. Um, every time you have a nightmare and you're a witch or a, no. a wizard, a Dementor is born somewhere <laughs> in the world. No, they come from darkness and decay in places where there's a lot of depression, and they just they breed there, right? They breed there. I don't know where they originally yeah. came from. Do they have like any kind of relations with each other to reproduce, or is it just kind of? No, they. they, they, they I, I imagine that they're like mushrooms. Ew. And awesome. They prop up in darkness and decay. They I like have that. To always, and but that's not a, a question about the movie. Oh, this was supposed to be questions about the movie. I'm just looking at questions. We'll take whatever. We only have about five more minutes anyway. Yeah. 
Somebody asked if Leaky Mug is extinct or will there be more. And I want to um, Leaky Mugs. They just pop up out of nowhere though. Sometimes. Yeah, they pop up someplace. And and also there's a bunch of questions about movie two and LeakyCon. And we are trying to arrange a big screening for everybody to go to at LeakyCon to see part two together. So keep tuned to everything for that. Um, don't get your ticket for it yet because um, well you can't, but when you can, <laughs> you can yeah. find out from LeakyCon. Um, and we're trying to get that together and. The invite is way open for MuggleCast to come to. Um, MuggleCast, we really want them there. And if they do come, hopefully we can get a Leaky Mug together. Yeah, that would be hell fun. Hey, what do we think about the way they the way they killed Hedwig in the movie, and why do we think they did it that way? Go. Um, I, I'm not opposed to it. Uh, the only the my only biggest beef is that um, we don't get the whole expel uh, um. Expelliarmus from Harry. Yeah. That's and that is a big deal to me. But um I like I, I at the same time I like the fact that Hedwig kind of played a role um to like he was trying to she was trying to like help Harry a little bit. Yeah, she got and, to be the hero. Yeah, she got to be a hero she like that. And I like that. And I do enjoy um I think it was gonna work visually really well. Um, during the chase scene, it's going to be hectic that there's going to be like this white owl kind of swarming around one Harry, and that's going to be good for the audience to pick up like the fact like, oh, that's the real Harry. Go after that one. That's going to be in 3D too, so you got Hedwig going to be like coming right into your... Poor Harry. Like, uh, I love owls. Do you think like they'll make like her explode into feathers, or else she'll just fall into a cage? She's not going to be in a cage. She's, she's flying around. Oh, that's right. Oh my god, you're right. So she's going to like fall... Like, are we going to have, like, the camera follow her all the way down, like, as she's falling and her eyes are... I think this is, this, is, this is why. Because her death was unremarkable, and that yeah, was important. Exactly. It, was a, it was a stray spell. It was an accident. It shouldn't have happened if that's yeah. what makes it so tragic. Yeah. You give her a big heroic death, and you're assigning meaning it, to something that JKR never assigns. You're just changing JKR's meaning. That it almost yeah. cheapens it by enriching it. No, I mean... Yeah. My biggest because it was such a it was such a a, a, a quick you know it, God if they had just moved an inch to the left it might not have happened that's to me yeah what made it so powerful and it, and it, and it and it totally amplifies the danger the real world danger they're in right now all bets are off you know well and it makes yeah. it less Harry's fault too because like Harry was like. You know, in the book, he's like, I'll bring Hedwig with me in her cage, whatever. And it was because he brought Hedwig in her cage that she died. But because we always thought, oh, if only he would have just let Hedwig go and she would have been fine. She would have been hunting. Meantime, he does let Hedwig go in the movie. Yeah, and Hedwig comes back. Aww. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like, I'd obviously prefer it to be more like the book, like everything. But I am excited to see how it's going to look on camera. I, I like the concept, even though it deviates from the principle. If that makes any Except sense. For a movie. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, it does. It's going to translate well to film. I think. But um, it's going to make more sense do, for the viewers too, they, and for the kids. People honest. are going to cry. All the kids are going to cry. But if they pull a Chamber of Secrets thing again, where where now it goes, Hedwig. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Or if Hedwig catches Moody and flies him up like the phoenix out of the Chamber of Secrets. Aww. Remember that in Chamber of Secrets? Hedwig! Hedwig! And then it turns into the, like, the horn of the train. No, that was... Harry! <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, look at your earrings, Melissa. Oh, thank you. They're big. They are big. You like big jewelry. You like big jewelry, but not <laughs> only one big item a day. <laughs> one big item. Okay. Too many big pieces of jewelry, and it looks bad. Yes. One big piece of jewelry. You need one item of flair. One piece of flair, yes. Do we got any other questions here? Oh, I'm still... How does the film treat the Batilda Bagshot scene? Ooh. Apparently it's really creepy. I hope you get the whole, um, like, hey, Harry, come here, come here. Like, coaxing him off, off camera, upstairs to get away from Hermione. In parcel tongue, no less, and Harry still can't recognize it as parcel tongue. So he's just going to go, psst, psst, yeah. because that's going to sound good to both of them. It's in that bright room because they, they land in the next door room, and that becomes like a, it's like a children's room or something. Yeah. Oh, we get to see um, the graveyard. Oh, yeah. There's no statue to oh. Harry, Harry and his parents. Oh, that would have been cool. Uh, yeah, I can, I can, I'm not too upset about that. No, it looked like a, like an awning. Yeah, well, like an archway. Notice Peverell, okay? It's not, that bothers me. Why? The fancy script, the clean tomb of Ignotus Peverell. The only thing they found on the tombstone in the book is the sign of the Deathly Hallows. It's hmm. scratched into the tombstone. It's old. It's ancient. It's supposed to be so ancient. There's no way. Well, how do they know then it's, it's who it is? Does it say Peverell? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. It does say Peverell, but it's not this like pretty and whatever. Yeah, it's, it's all it's kind of like really haggard. Ancient. Yeah, this looks like it was made yesterday. Almost magical. Uh, we kept uh, nice. All right, so um, you guys get, starting to get the picture of how final films forecast works. Though so this was this was sort of loose today. Um, if you want to ask your question to us ahead of time, go to podcast.com in the upcoming episode section and click on that next episode, which next week will be episode two twenty seven. Um, so uh, we went long on our bits. We went short on our forecast. So we're going to push on here. To the drums. The drums. The drums. The drums. Okay. Um, What's so happening in your lives? What is happening? Well, a couple quick, you know, uh, notes here for business here. Um, we are looking for more helpers and volunteers um, for Leaky and other things. Uh, in particular, this time, we're looking for people who really love new images as they come out for the movies <laughs> or for the actors and everything else. We are looking for... We really love your images. Really love your images. We are looking for image gallery helpers. Uh, in particular, people who uh, may be listening right now in another time zone. Um, international folk that might be able to get to things when some of us over here cannot. Um, if you are interested in, in this, um, give us an email address. What do you think, Melissa? Um, do we have jobs at Leaky or do we have... We have jobs at Leaky. We have staff at Podcast. Take, take, take oh, well, let's do, let's do jobs at leakynews.com because um, this is for the image galleries and they are interested in oh, right. help. That would be jobs at Excellent. Excellent. Um, a lot of people have been asking us what we think of the Harry Potter sequel, and I don't think we have actually talked. We were about gonna it like spoil it. We were gonna discuss it in length. Yeah. We're trying to get them to 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 find some discussion for ongoing. Yeah, that would be fun because like, Melissa and I we saw it when it was actually taped in Michigan. Yeah. Which was so much freaking fun, and it was funny. Dude, because I can see it live. I'm just kidding. I'm just jealous. Oh, shut up! You hang out with those guys like every week. Doodles like Biffles. 
But uh, yeah, we saw. They moved. Well, some of them did. Oh, well, they have to go back to school, didn't they? They're still. They graduated. Well, not uh, not uh, Joey, right? Ron, he's still in school. One more year. Yeah, Joey's still in school, but like Brian and um. Yeah, he's a baby, I guess. He's his, this is his senior year. But uh, we saw it, and they were all like, "Please don't spoil it for anybody. Everything you see in here." It stays in here until it comes out or whatever on the internet, but that's long gone now. But I, I loved it. I thought it was it was a heck of a lot of fun. That's hilarious. They're absurd and hilarious. It's getting insanely popular, and uh, it's, it's it's so darn funny. Pe- people want to know: um, Are any plans to bring back actual canon conundrums or uh, everyone's favorite uh, John Noe related game? Are you smarter than John Noe? How about the Sorting series or the Sorting series? Sure, I mean, like, this is why we plan with you guys now at Pottercast.com. If there's something that you are dying to see on the show, you can leave us comments and you can, you know, get a big group of your friends to leave comments. And if you can convince us to do it, then maybe we'll do it. So, Smarter Than John Noy, Sorting Hat Series, Smarter Than Melissa, Canning Conundrums, it's all on the table. We're Smarter Than Melissa now? Yeah, you know, we might as well upgrade it every once in a while. You can't offer the same flavor every time, so. (laughs) I don't know. But I guess it is time. Um, until next time, you guys, uh, keep twiddling those dials. The next password is shell. Yay. Uh, keep each other safe. Keep safe. Uh, good night. Good night. You've missed it. W3. I confess myself disappointed. Now. If you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. (laughs) 